0: And we are back.
1: We are
0: back. We are back now for our I think our sixteenth episode. Is that right?
1: You know that's crazy.
0: We're so close. We're so close Were to we- uh, to twenty. I think we have to have like a celebration pod, like like a five hour pod for our twentieth. Is that something?
1: I don't know. Daniel? Yeah. There'd be nothing I'd love more.
0: Uh-huh. You think thanks, man.
1: Uh-huh. How many listeners do you think we'd get to the whole five hours?
0: Maybe two, and they know who they are—the eight AM crew.
1: The eight AM crew, but do, does the eight AM crew listen in the summer?
0: I hope so. We'll reach out. A. M. We'll reach out. Eight
1: AM crew. Text us you if know... you
0: text us if you hear this. You have you have a week. We we'll give you a week. You know,
1: you know who you are.
0: Yeah. If if you don't, then we'll we'll know. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll call
1: you out. Amazing. And and any other fans that want to shout out, reach out to us. You know how to reach us. We'd yeah. love to shout you guys out. Yeah, we're on
0: Twitter at and Pod, you know. Reach out to us there. Our DMs are open, whatever that means. And, <laughs> and yeah, we love to hear from you guys. Sweet. Um so Alan. Yeah. Rough night last night for you and all Clevelanders.
1: Yeah. I, I yeah. mean, <laughs> I, we've been through worse. Like, it was low 60s, high 50s, and we normally don't have that type of weather in June. So oh, I hear. we were a little bit thrown off by that. But at the end of the day, we've been through some pretty tough winters. It's a beautiful day, sunny in the 70s today. Um, so I think we've rebounded quite nicely from a weird day of weather yesterday.
0: I hear that, but but what about it? I'm talking more about like at night. You know, inside of a particular arena where your hearts were taken away.
1: Oh, the Q, the Q, my bad.
0: Yeah, by by the Slim Reaper, as as they call him.
1: Daniel, I'm going to put myself on the line like I normally – this is my go-to line whenever someone mentions Kevin Durant. Of course, he has the right, the ability – and I think the responsibility to make the best decisions for him. Right. But at the end of the day, as a Cavs fan, you took the seventy three and nine Warriors, arguably the greatest team of all time, and added the second best player in the league to it. Yeah. We cannot forget that. No, we cannot. The Cavs, the Cavs had the Warriors figured out, and it's just frustrating to see. I
0: don't. That. I I disagree with that. I don't think they had them figured out. I think they. They it it was a level playing field where, you know, you can get you can get the best of the other one. It wasn't like okay if you you can the 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 dynamic of this series is that the Cavs can steal games, not that they can win games. You're right. In
1: 2016,
0: okay, yes, they were going against this this the, the Warriors team that was that had a ridiculously good season, but they were still. Like they were still, in a, in a way, mortal. A mortal. Yeah.
1: Did wait? Did we just say that at the same time?
0: I think it's pretty close.
1: Chemistry. Woo. So we got the,
0: that. You could, yeah. you could hit them, and like you can actually not just steal games; you can win games. It's not. It, yeah, it was a story whenever the Warriors lost, but at the same time, it was less of a super team and more of a really, really great team.
1: Daniel. Yeah. Um. One of the main differences between the 2016 team and this team is Kyrie Irving. What do you think? You mean, for the, the Cavs, series. The Cavs. Oh, the for series. The you mean the series? Yeah. Okay, I see. Yeah, yeah I yeah. got you. What do you, what do you think, um, this series with Durant and Irving? What this would look like? Um,
0: I, I think they would add a, definitely add an element to this series, and that seems obviously it would add an element, but it it would add an element of a more level playing field where it's not LeBron versus, you know, it's, yeah, it's this, it, it would be more cows versus warriors as opposed to LeBron versus the warriors. Because even though you like, we're talking, we'll get to this. Like you got have some performances like Rodney hood had a good game last night. Kevin Love had a good game last night, but it, it's still not like, I don't know. It doesn't really feel like there's like, it's like there are guys chipping in, but it's not a full team effort. But if you have right. a second star, that totally changes the way the Warriors would defend LeBron. I mean, when LeBron had the ball, even on a mismatch against Curry, the whole lane was packed. It was yeah. Pa- it, was pa- it was it was very packed. And LeBron's the only guy going to the basket on that team. Except Kevin Love actually had some nice drives. But the only like, real perimeter player who was taking it to the basket. So Kyrie can add that element of, you know, he elite finishing ability also great he, he he's a, one of the best isolation scorers in the NBA especially for his size he, you know gets inside he can also hit threes so he's a guy that adds a different element what i've said about the cavs for a while i know i'm going on for a while here but the cavs basically have one complete basketball player uh, maybe one and a half complete basketball players if you count k love and then yeah. guys who just fill uh, who can do like certain things well Kyle Corp a shooter. J.R. Smith's a shooter. Um, Larry Nance gets rebounds. Um, Ronnie Hood's a, just a guy who come in, get hot for a little bit, like a spark plug scorer. But there aren't guys Kendrick are Perkins complete, for complete players. And Kyrie Irving's one of those guys who, who's really a complete player who could be a centerpiece for his own team, as we saw this year. So having a guy like Kyrie would really not only take things, uh, lighten the load for LeBron, but also definitely add A totally create a totally make the Warriors defend the Cavs so much differently, and it would totally change the way the series looks.
1: Yeah, and and I think that's a great point. In contrasting how the Warriors played defensively last game, one thing, and the Warriors are so tough to defend, um, in every I no matter what way you look at it, no matter what lineup, but there was this lineup out there, and I think. Jeff Van Gundy, who's been amazing all series, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I like
1: him. I think he pointed out that when there's a Jordan Bell in the lineup, when there's a Sean Livingston, who's money from 12, 14 feet out. Yeah. But when those are the guys in Draymond Green, when he's out there too, you got to sag, you got to help, you know? Right. It's it's literally make anyone else be you as a Cavs fan. I would. I remember game seven. Let Draymond Green. How many points did he have? 25, 7, 32. 32. Like, let him beat you. Because, and it's just so frustrating when you see, you can't let KD, Stafford Clay beat you because they will beat you. Right. You cannot leave them open. But the two other guys, um, I really think you got to leave them, you got to be willing to help. And also, I think that's why the Javale McGee starting was such a great move by Steve Steve Kerr. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I
0: thought Jordan Bell and Javale McGee were difference makers last night. Obviously, not on the same level as KD. KD had forty three points on what third? What was he thirteen of twenty one or something? Thirteen of twenty.
1: Yeah, I think at one point he was eleven of fifteen.
0: Yeah, so it, it was. He was just in a different world last night. And I think what was very important with Javale McGee and Jordan Bell was those easy buckets they got just with elite athleticism and finishing ability around the rim. And it's something the Cavs couldn't really do, couldn't really, um, couldn't really defend because what they, they don't, the Cavs don't have the verticality to match up with that. They have like maybe besides Larry Nance, but Larry Nance still strikes me as more of a, a banger inside and less of a guy who's going to, as an elite shopwalking type.
1: Yeah. So and-
0: it, it, I, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but it definitely was, Jordan Bell and JaVale McGee gave great energy, especially Jordan. I, I thought they both just gave great energy. I mean, JaVale McGee was swat, trying to swat everything around the rim, a few goaltends, but whatever. Jordan Bell was getting uh, maybe three or four loose balls, just pure effort plays. And that's something you don't always see from a team up two zero or a team that's full of superstars, those guys really scrapping.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and I think you were just saying how you wouldn't expect that a team that's won Two finals in the past three years, looking to make it three three out of four. Now, you wouldn't expect them to bring the chip on their shoulder that they do every single night. Like the raw emotion that uh, who was it? Draymond Green, maybe. Oh, after Katie's um, good call, but after Katie's dagger three that Draymond showed and Steph showed them, He just roared. Like those are guys that care, right? You
0: know? And also, like they're not they're not really concerned with. Really. Steph had a terrible game last night. I mean, not all around terrible game, but he had a terrible shooting night, and that's usually that—that's what he does.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So coming coming off setting the record for most threes in a playoff in, in a finals game, he then followed up with one for ten from three, right? Three for six teams from the field. But he didn't get discouraged by that. He didn't. He didn't lose sight of the game plan. He didn't stop passing the ball and moving the ball, playing the system. Some guys might let that like like the Warriors. I think. What, what people don't understand, it's not just a team of stars. a team of stars that actually want to be teammates and are willing to give up these individual accolades. Like Steph and KD on separate teams could both average 30 points a game. yeah Thompson on a different team could average 25, 26 points a game and be be a starter in the All-Star game. Draymond um, Green, who knows what he'd do, but he could be <laughs> like, he, he could be a guy who could, like, I think he's in a perfect situation, but he could he could be shooting 15, 17 shots a game. And, you know, like, I don't know. Not not necessarily outside shots, but kind of banging inside a little bit. He could be taking on a, a, a more advanced role.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: These are guys that are willing to give up these individual accolades to be able to you know win for one another. And I think you saw that in, in that picture that's now a meme or whatever. That like where, like Steph and Draymond are yelling like with KD or whatever after that
1: three. Right, right. Like
0: that's not like an attention grab. That's not like oh we're the best, we're the worst. Like they're they're genuinely happy like that. They're like they want it for the team, and. Obviously, it's not like a, a new thing to say. Like, oh, this team wants to win; they want to win the championship. Obviously, like it's it's impressive to see this suppression of egos.
1: And and Daniel, now going back, sorry, as a Cavs fan, I'm still upset with KD on the Warriors. What do you think the what were Curry, Draymond, um, Clay, Iggy? What were they thinking on their end when they tried to recruit Kevin Durant? Why would they need him? Why would they want him? You know,
0: I, I don't know. I, I feel like it was a—it's a combination of this is an opportunity to create this this great thing. They were already friends with KD back from their time on Team USA twenty fourteen, right? Um, so they're like, okay, we can create this, thing. why not give it a shot? We can set this thing up. Where like, I feel like KD in Oklahoma City. I don't want to like read too much into it, but. Like, I don't think he ever felt truly comfortable with his teammates. I think he was the guy, but there was always, this like, there was, there was always like, there was Russ there and Russ. I don't think they were enemies. I I think they were friends, but they weren't like, they don't have the same type of relationship that we see now with Golden State, where it's like, I support you go for it. There's such a suppression of ego on this team. That's the only way it could work because usually when you see like these like recurring successes, there's, there's a wear and tear that happens especially off the court that usually leads to these dynasties not lasting as long as they should. If you like, look at the Lakers, they three-peated, which is great. But by the end of it, Kobe and Shaq were up in arms with each other and there was nothing left.
1: Yeah. And you, you said something really interesting, how um, you see the, chem- comparing the chemistry that the Warriors and Thunder had. Think about this in, in uh, the, the Thunder days, were already a few years ago but the way i remembered it it was so much of katie and russ being there for each other off the court but on the court you wouldn't necessarily see that brotherhood in right. war you know what i'm saying and, yeah. and you look at the warriors now not only is it they're off but it's so they're on the court which is so important and and you were saying how like katie might not have loved his teammate situation and things like that. Obviously, we don't know the type of guys that are on the team, but from a talent perspective, after Ross, it was always a weird mix of guys, you know? Um, uh, Like a Roberson, like a Morrow, like um, a Collison, a Reggie Jackson, Mm -hmm. you know? It's it's a team that you never really felt gelled so well with each other. Yeah, I think that's good stuff.
0: Um, I don't know, I, I, as a Cavs fan, I'm curious to see what, what, what do you think about not only this, this series doesn't look great for you guys. There's still a chance people are saying Cavs in seven, but it doesn't look great. So are you, are, are you starting to look a little bit to this off season kind of about LeBron's impending free agency?
1: So what what I, are
0: your thoughts on that? What are some people you've talked to thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. So, um uh, one of my, I think it's very important to realize that even though we're down three, oh, you really got to enjoy the moment because how often, this is something my dad always tells me because uh, I'm only 20 years old, but my dad tells me, like, how often does a guy like LeBron come through a place like Cleveland? How often do we got to go to the championship year after year? And I think Cavs fans, it's tough when you're losing night in, night out, but at the end of the day, we're really trying to enjoy it. And also, like, even I was – Chilling with one of my friends after the game last night shout out to actually one of our big twitter followers um what's his twitter handled sobel123 shout it's out like that shout out but um he was devastated and then we're still investing our emotions into it we're still passionate about the series and even though we're down three oh yeah we might make some jokes like um that it's over, whatever. whatever I, I think everyone still believes that there's a chance because I think that's part of our responsibility as fans. Um, so you were saying, what am I hearing regarding this offseason? season? Uh, and well, more
0: and, just like what are what are the thoughts going in? Do you expect to keep LeBron?
1: Yeah. So remind me about my Uber driver today, if I forgot. Um, okay, that was great. But my my personal opinion always has been, and LeBron, we've discussed this before.
0: You and you, LeBron have
1: no, uh, I'm uh, you as in Daniel. Oh, nice. Um, okay, good. I wish LeBron, but I like you. Your I son. appreciate that too. Yeah, thanks. Dude, heck yeah, man. Yeah, um, so I think off the court, he has been an unbelievable man. I'm talking about his character, like from what we've seen, a guy that's raised beautiful family always stayed away from off the court issues always saying the right things you know and and that's unbelievable and he says that he's going to make the decision that's best for his family and i really think that's the truth you know that's all we've ever seen from him Mm -hmm. so i I think it's basketball is going to play a role into this decision but i think a much more minor role and i was talking to my uber driver today and he got them thrown out la um from the perspective that that okay weird basketball situation but at the end of the day that could be a place where LeBron could slowly like lead into the next part of his life like you see that Kobe Bryant's doing he was already out in LA Um, we've already been checking out schools there and and and, and they have houses and things like that so it's and I know LeBron spends a lot of his offseason there too so it seems like LeBron has this connection to LA, but um LeBron has always showed that Cleveland has a special place in his heart. Yeah. But I, I think and you'd agree with I think you'd agree with me on this right. that it's tough. Yeah, being home is great, but when every day is this weird vibe, weird atmosphere, it's it's um it's tough to enjoy being home, you know? Yeah. So uh- yeah, I, 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 I would I, I would say one more thing yeah no. um, I, I think just wrapping it up in my eyes um i could i think from a basketball perspective philly is a great fit mm-hmm. um but it's something i just don't see him going to philly you know yeah it, it, um, it doesn't
0: make I, I people are like oh philly would be great be awesome like yeah it'd be cool i just i really don't see it happening right I, and i I don't see LeBron trying to become like just like oh like I'm the veteran like superstar, but I'm like I'm still like I'm. I don't see like LeBron wanting to get into a situation where he's grooming guys. Mm-hmm. Not that I don't think like, he's willing to like you know help a guy out. I'm not saying that it's like a, a negative for LeBron, but I still feel like he's like I'm still the guy.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and we can we'll continue to talk about it as the summer continues and after the finals, but. I think we got to keep an eye on Houston, obviously. And gotta... I heard
0: San Antonio today. I was watching uh, Coward and uh, Broussard. Chris Broussard was talking about uh, the Spurs. Maybe would be the best basketball fit because LeBron's never really got to play with like one of the one of the elite coaches in the NBA.
1: I disagree strongly from a basketball perspective. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. Um if they hold on to Kawhi maybe right, right. It. no this is all depending is
0: it if they hold on to the Kawhi hold on to Kawhi because i think LeBron and Kawhi could really play well off each
1: other right but you think LeBron and Aldridge could play well
0: is is Aldridge a free agent
1: i don't think so i think he'll be there next year we'll check it out yeah he just signed an extension yeah you're right yeah, he's there for I think three more years. Um, so yeah, uh, we'll we'll keep our eyes on that situation. But Definitely. for all NBA fans, Cavs fans, um, enjoy it. You know, enjoy yeah. this finals. Hopefully, um, we'll win a few games for Cavs and Seven. Um, but yeah, that's what I got on that. All right. So
0: we're we're gonna we're gonna go get back to some NBA talk later. But right now, we had a great interview this week. And we hope you enjoy. We now welcome to the pod Nick Stolini. He is a baseball writer for the Athletic, Baseball Prospectus, and Sporting News. We are honored to have Nick on the pod today. Welcome, Nick.
2: Thanks for having me, guys.
0: Our pleasure. So, uh, let's jump right in. The MLB draft started this past monday night which player would you be least surprised to see as a contributor in the big leagues sooner rather than later
2: um well i don't know about the um i mean i'm sure there's a reliever prospect that got taken somewhere in like the early mid rounds that could jump in soon um but i mean my favorite guy in the draft is uh, nick magical from oregon state uh-huh. um he's an infielder um he's played second base mostly for oregon state but um he can Really play anymore. The reason he's playing second base is because the shortstop they had there was apparently incredibly defensively good. Um, but and he said he could play anywhere. The White Sox think he could play all over the infield. Um, so um, I'm really high on him. He's he's a really good hitter. Um, he's a guy who just doesn't strike out at all. He's a super contact guy. He's got some pop, and I wouldn't be surprised to see um, the White Sox coax even more power out of him. Um, so he should be a quick mover given his. Very advanced feel for hitting. Um, the fact that he's a college player, not a high schooler, so he's pretty polished. Um, and I, I really like that pick for them, and I, I would hope to see him soon, sooner rather than later. Yeah,
0: kind of – he's he like, what, 402 this year?
2: Something ridiculous like yeah. that, yeah. And he just doesn't strike out. So it's right. kind of
0: like a Jose Altuve type guy. That's, a, that's the comps I've been seeing.
2: Well, I, I don't want to put that comp on him because <laughs> that just feels – that feels kind of unfair to any player, no matter how good they That's are. That's true. Yeah. Uh, um, but but you're 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 in the, the the general ballpark, I think.
0: Yeah. Um, so quick, another quick draft question: What do you think about the Kyler Murray pick at number nine? Considering that it's, he's it's really going to be the quarterback it, at Oklahoma this year.
2: Yeah, it's really interesting and really risky. And obviously, if it pays off, it's it's really great. Um, I mean, so so Kyler Murray. I mean, most people know him as a as a football player. Like you said, he's the the uh, the quarterback in Oklahoma this year is taking over Baker Mayfield, um, so Baker. he's so he's taking over he's taking over for the guy who just got picked first overall in the NFL draft, um, and the A's just popped him with a nine pick. The thing with about him is he's actually a really good baseball player too. Um, he plays center field for Oklahoma, um, great hitter. Um, if he had been willing to sign out of high school, he would have gone in the first round. Like um, he, he's always been that talented with at, at baseball. Um, so the 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 idea here is that he's going to play football. That's the thing. He's going to play football. He's he's he said on the conference call the other night that he's going to be the quarterback at Oklahoma in the fall, and then he'll go to baseball after that, um, which is incredibly risky because football is not baseball. Football is, as we know, a very rough sport, and he is a small, mobile quarterback in a spread option offense, so he's going to be taking some hits. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, he said he intends to sign mm-hmm. with Oakland. Um. But they're, they're, the A's are certainly taking on a big risk here because, God forbid, he gets hurt uh, playing football, then that's the number nine overall pick that they just kind of just you know flush down the toilet, essentially. Um, again, if it pays off, it, it pays huge dividends. But, I mean, there is a, certainly a big risk here.
1: And it, in my eyes, it's really interesting because there's, especially in the baseball draft, there's so much talent. Like, what popped about, Kyler Murray in in the eyes of um, the A's that made them willing to take that risk?
2: Well, like I said, he's he's really, really, really good. Um, He's got, he can hit, he's got power. Um, He might be a 70 runner at at, at least. Um, He's really fast um, and just incredibly athletic. And You you see teams are really gravitating towards multi-sport players right now in the draft. Um, Teams want kids to be playing multiple sports not playing baseball all year round. And so just because playing other sports will emphasize other muscle groups in your body, and it just makes you a more athletic player. I mean, um, like, for instance, uh, the Angels took Joe Adele last year in the first round, and, and he's a multi-sport athlete, and he's shooting up the rankings. Um, my favorite moment of draft night was watching Jordan Adams dunk on a guy in his draft video on MLB. <laughs> Um it, it just they, they want hyper athletic guys and kyler Murray is certainly a hyper athletic guy but he's not just an athlete, he's a he's a baseball player too. Um he, he's he's good at the game. They wouldn't have taken a ninth overall if they just thought he was a freak athlete who had to be taught the game of baseball.
1: Yeah. And I'm a big diehard Browns fan. I'm from Cleveland, so the second you said Baker may feel like it.
2: Yeah, I mean that that's the, that, that's, the Mayfield, in, that's the program he's in and
1: successful with QBs in the past. You think that him over to the Indians if he doesn't pan out and become a pitcher for the team, is it like an Oklahoma College baseball basket?
2: Um, well, I, I don't know about that, but, but <laughs> it just it just speaks to the pedigree of him as a football player as well. I mean, that that's the program he's going to be getting the keys to in the fall. So um, yeah, that's a great point. He is a, he is a hyper athletic guy.
1: Um, and I think uh, the Indians are playing the Brewers, and the Brewers Josh Hader one of the best pitchers in the league from because um I think like I, I was looking him up today and I saw he was a 19th round pick or something like that. So do you know the background on Josh Hader and how he elevated to the place he's at now?
2: Entirely. Um, I know that he like, so the Orioles, like you said, took him in the 19th round. Um He went to the Astros in a, in the Bud Norris trade in 2013. And then in 2015, the, the Brewers got it from the Astros in the deal that sent um, uh, Mike Fiers and Carlos Gomez to the Astros. The, the Brewers also got uh, Brett Phillips and Domingo Santana in that trade. So that's been a huge trade for them, um, really paid dividends because uh, uh-huh. obviously Domingo Santana has played well for them. Brett Phillips is still an up-and-down guy just because they don't have room for him, but he's certainly talented. And Josh Hader's Josh Hader. Um, I know he was interesting. Um, he certainly – got interesting mostly with the Astros, I think. I think he was a guy of note with the Orioles at the time of his straight to the Astros, but he really came onto his own in the Astros system and now um and he continued to be interesting um in the Milwaukee system. I mean most people a lot of people saw him as a starter. There was some reliever I don't want to say reliever concern because he's certainly arguably like the top reliever in the game right now. So it's not really a concern to throw him on the bullpen, I guess. Um but I mean I know some people always thought like this could have been one of the outcomes with him where he could go to the bullpen and just mow guys down um, because his stuff isn't certainly nasty. The arm slot is a factor as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's really good.
0: Yeah. So you, you mentioned Mike fears and uh, there was a little bit of drama this week with fears. I'm a big Yankees fan and I was, uh, I was watching the game and uh, Stanton got punked, and then he came back and, and jacked one on fears. Obviously fears was the guy who a few years ago almost ended Stanton's career with the, uh, when he hit him in the face with a pitch. So uh, do you know anything like like some background details with that? Some, some insight on the drama and so some, maybe some insight into how guys can bounce back from the psychological problems that may arise from getting hit like that.
2: Well, I mean, it sort of speaks to itself. Um, I mean, Stanton, you know, doesn't want Mike fires, pitching up and into him after what happened. I I think that's a somewhat reasonable thing to feel. Um, I mean, I, th- th- was was fires trying to hit him? No, um, he wasn't trying to hit him a couple of years ago when he hit in the face, and he wasn't trying to hit him the other day. Um, that being said, I, I I understand the visceral reaction that Stanton had to it, um, and I, I think that fires kind of dug his own hole a little bit in a way with reacting the way he did on Monday, or uh, with just you know, obviously everybody knows he wasn't trying to hit him, but I mean, you just you just Say my bad, and you move on mm-hmm. um it, it's a weird situation it it's it's a it's a big you know there's a lot of testosterone going around kind of situation yes um and i I'm not a guy who likes to see you know I, like i'm not I'm not a big boys will be boys kind of person but i i get it in this situation um And, you know, good for Stanton for not going out there and clocking him but just hitting a 450-foot home run. Yeah. Yeah. Don't want to hang a
1: slider to him. (laughs) Yeah. And I think one of the most uh, interesting slash common questions being asked in baseball today is the pace of play and the lack um, of, yeah, just action in the game. In your eyes, uh, where do you
2: um, Sorry, can can you repeat that?
1: Pace of play and that discussion.
2: Um, well, I, I definitely think that I, I'm not as big of a fanatic about it as the commissioner is, yeah. but I, I certainly think there's room. For... Um, I don't know. I mean, I like the pitch clock. I mean, I, I've I've covered a fair bit of minor league baseball in my time. And you you don't, you don't notice it at all. I mean, they'd have it in double A they have it in triple A and you, you just don't notice it. Um, I, I don't think that would be an issue at all. I'd be all for that. Um, I think that, I mean, there are rules on the books forced a whole lot. I mean, there was the stay in the box rule that was a thing for like a year and now it's kind of not. Um, and even before that, there was like a, a innate rule on the books about how, how long you have between pitches and that just never have been enforced ever. Um, so I think that a good start would be enforcing the rules currently on the books, but if you want to do a pitch clock, that's fine. I'm not in favor of the start the runner on second base after 10 innings or whatever. Um, Cause they, I mean, we saw that in the, in the world baseball classic and it's just, it's just an, basically you may as well just start the inning with runners on first and third and one out because you're going to butt the runner over and then they're going to potentially walk the guy to set the double. Play. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you may as well just do that. I, I don't like it. Just just play the game out. Um, I, I'm not in favor of ties. I'm not in favor of anything like that. Um, just just don't, don't screw with it too much is, my, is my, my policy.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think like one of the things that's so great about baseball some of the, ma- the magic of baseball is that there is no clock. So I think kind of adding that will kind of take away some of the sanctity of the game.
2: Um, uh, I don't disagree. I, I also think that I mean there's there's something to be said for delirious past midnight fifteenth inning baseball. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think I, I'm part of the small segment of the population that enjoys that. <laughs> um, because I'm certainly more of a baseball fan than most people are. Um, but I, I mean I I don't mind it one bit. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, a little less technical, a little more personal. Who is your favorite player of all time? <sighs>
1: all time. All right. Um He can be a minor league guy too. Like well, doesn't matter. Someone to do, we never he? heard of. Doesn't matter.
2: I mean I'm 24. I grew up watching the Yankees, so I I mean I I kind of have to go yeah, Jeter man. here, I guess. Um I I mean I, I my Derek Jeter take is that I am a big fan of childhood Bliss Derek, innocent bliss Derek Jeter, and not as much adulthood. Oh wait, Derek Jeter is a soulless baseball owner. Derek <laughs> Jeter. Um, like I, I, as I got older, I became much more of an A-Rod person than I was a Derek Jeter hmm. person. Um, so I, I guess we'll go with that. Um, I guess I could also put Mariano Rivera in there as yeah. well. Yeah,
0: all, all good calls. Uh, Jeter's my guy. I'm, I'm I'm in my basement right now looking at a Derek Jeter fat head. So. <laughs> it's yeah, it's a good answer for me.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and who's like a in your opinion, one of the most underrated players of all time? One game that Daniel and I like to play is where we throw out um fun throwback names for us, like a name like Nick Punto, a Rob or, uh, Barajas, a Brandon Inge, like <laughs> someone like that that was a pretty good baseball player, but Never really got the recognition that they deserved, in your opinion.
2: Um, okay, so I can't do like underappreciated Hall of Famers, then. Um, you can do that. Um, we're flexible, yeah. we're flexible, yeah. All right, well, um, all right, I'll, I'll give you three names. Nice. Um, so most people don't realize how good Jackie Robinson actually was. Ooh, I um, hmm. like. I mean we he we we know him because he's Jackie Robinson, but I mean, if you look at his statistics, he was just absurdly good. Um like so he's a career 311, 409, 474 hitter. <sighs> and you have to remember that those are only that's after he came into the game, I think at age twenty nine he got in. Um so he, so that's arguably after his peak as a player. Um that's not including his Negro League stats. So he is insanely good. I mean, as a second baseman, so he got into twenty eight. So he's already arguably at his peak or past his peak when his stats start counting for the major league records. Um, and those are his numbers as a second baseman. My second name for you guys is Yogi Berra. Ooh. Um, again, a guy that is remembered I means definitely an inner circle Hall of Famer and you know all time great Yankee. But his his number is also really fun to look at. Um, who is my third guy? My third guy is Eric Chavez. Ooh. Um, Eric Chavez, not a Hall of Famer, um, guy whose career you could say kind of got the road a little bit by injuries. Um, prime Eric Chavez is a very fun player.
1: Okay, and your Eric Chavez made me think of this, but what about an Andre Ethier? I think he's a guy that's been so underrated throughout his career.
2: Um, Ethier, like again, prime ethier was very good. Um, not I, I, maybe not very good, but he was good. Um, you know, made a couple All-Star teams, uh, sixth place MVP voting in two thousand nine. Um, good, good player.
1: And, mm-hmm. and in, in your eyes, who has the best swing in baseball?
2: Like right, right now? Now. Um. Okay. So there's a few guys. I always have to include Carlos Gonzalez in this. Yeah, he hit a bomb um, last night. <laughs> Um, I, I love his loopy one-handed finish. Uh, it, it's it's a very smooth. It's the smoothest swing going on right now. Um, I think there's something to be said for the violence of Bryce Harper's swing. Wow. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll throw Miguel and Duhar in there as yeah. well. Um, his his kind of like helicopter follow through is really fun. I enjoy it a lot. Yeah.
1: Are you not a big uh, Michael Brantley fan?
2: <laughs> I think. I actually don't. I actually couldn't tell you Michael Brantley's swing looks like up I, okay. my um, I'll look at so, it right now.
1: Um, it's summer for us, but is it? I'm, I'm gonna say the word homework. I'm gonna challenge you to check out Brantley's swing. Check it out right now. No, I'm I'm watching Watch it you right, it right now. now. It is beautiful.
2: Uh, that, that is nice. That is nice.
1: Just I'm I'm an Indians fan, so I've had the privilege of walk, watching him night in, night out, and he's just so consistent. His nickname's Doctor Smooth. Um, for how smooth his swing is. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to throw Brantley into that.
2: I'll, I'll give you the ugliest swing in baseball. Yes, let's hear it. John Carlos Stanton's swing is ugly as hell. <laughs>
0: That's true. I I don't know why he's
2: it's incredibly effective, yeah. but it's ugly. He
0: has he's got a really really close stance. So it's it's
2: even before he closed off, like it's just, like through his whole career, like um, like he relies a lot on his pure strength to 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 get it out, and, and you know it works for him, obviously, um, but it, it's just not aesthetically pleasing. And I'm not trying to rag on him as a hitter; he's obviously a tremendous hitter. Um, but it's just an ugly swing, but it works. So good for him.
0: So uh, two more, two
2: more questions. This is a more of a fun
0: hypothetical. So if you were a GM, who would you rather have, Vlad Guerrero Jr.
2: or the next two number one picks? Vladdy, absolutely. give me Vladdy. Really? Um, so, uh, so- yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So a number one pick in baseball is nowhere near where a number one pick is like in, in the NBA or the NFL. Um or you can even I guess they're in the NHL in there too. Um but um like like of late the first overall picks have done reasonably well as they've reached the majors, but there's just that unknown factor. Of oh god, what if this guy gets hurt and blows his arm out and he's done? What if we got it wrong? Um, we know it Vladdy, we know what Vladdy is right now. Um, I've seen him play in person. It is the most breathtaking thing in the world. Um like I saw him hit a double the other way, and I was like, okay, that, that, that's it. That's the guy. Um he is just absurdly good. Um, even if he's not a third baseman, even if he's a first baseman in the long run. He might be the best pure hitter in the world right now, right. um, um, and that's a lot. But it, it's and I'm not saying it's true. I'm saying if we look back in two years, like yeah, Vladdy's the best hitter in the world. I wouldn't be shocked. Um, and I'm not and again not trying to get put that put that evil on him. I'm not trying to drag down Mike Trout or Jose Altuve, mm-hmm. whoever you want to say the best hitter is. Um, he's that good. Yeah. Um. So give me the sure shot elite hitter right now over the uncertainty of two top picks.
0: So, so as a follow-up, what, what, what type of player, if you were a GM of not the blue Jays, who would you, who would, which star would you be willing to trade for Guerrero?
2: <sighs> so like, that's tough because Again, even even as good as even as ta- even as talented as we know Vladito is, um, the major league stars are major league stars. Like they're they're less of a they're less of an uncertainty. Right. Um, so I don't know, man. Um, how about
1: this? Would you trade if you're the Nationals? Would you trade or not the Nationals? If you were the Blue Jays, would you trade? Of Vlad Guerrero Jr. for Bryce Harper, if he signs like a two-year extension or something like that, who who do you think wins the trade like that?
2: Man, so there's a reason those kinds of trades don't happen in real life. Um, <laughs> is because it's an it's a no-win situation. I love Um because. I mean, let, let, let's pretend that Bryce Harper's not having the weird year he's having and he's having a typical Bryce Harper year. Yeah. Right. So you get him for this year, the rest of this year, and then two years after that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um what are the blue jays what do the blue jays look like next year without Vladito? Like yeah, putting Bryce Harper on your team is a really good way to start winning, but um, why would I trade Vladito for Bryce Harper when I can just sign Bryce Harper in the offseason?
1: Right, hot
2: take. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's not happening. But the Blue Jays should absolutely 100 percent be all in on Bryce Harper this offseason. It's not going to happen, but it should. Um, but I mean, if I'm the GM, like I'm like I'm not trading my guy. I'm just going to sign him in the offseason. Yeah, and I can have both. Um, I mean, same for. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think the team getting Guerrero has a much more benefit than the team getting Bryce Harper or Manny Machado or wherever. Um, I like give me six years of Vladito over, you know, two and a half years of, of Harper, I guess. Um, Cause if you want to be really cold and calculated about it, uh, Guerrero is much cheaper than Harper. Um, so I can go out and do other things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also he's
0: a guy who's like one of those homegrown guys who could really, like we see these these top teams now, the Astros, um, the Cubs, a few years, um, two years ago, these teams of homegrown stars, and those are the teams that have been really successful lately. The Yankees, Indians, here, so the Indians, so those teams have been the really successful teams. So sure, if Latito can get going with that, for the Blue Jays, that could be, that could be something special. Okay. So, a uh, last question: what, what what do you expect to see in the second half? or the last two-thirds of the season, who do you think is going to be the favorites down the stretch and maybe some early World Series picks?
2: Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> um, so, I, I, I am surprised the Astros are in second place. I don't expect that to continue. Um, I think the Angels are going to go trade for at least one or two guys. Um. I like the Braves. I like the Phillies. Um, so that, that's going to be a good three-team race. Um, I would think that the Brewers are going to go get a pitcher. I don't know who. Um, they do have Jimmy Nelson coming back supposedly at some point. Um, but God knows how effective he's going to be because the, he's got the thoracic outlet thing. Um, that, that's rough to come back from. So if he can come back and be be effective, that's great. If not, I they might be in the market for somebody. Um, the Yellow West is a mess, man. I I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I know, like the Giants just got Baumgartner back. Cueto supposedly on the way back as well. Um, I just I'm not sold on their offense. I'm not sold on their bullpen. Um, I but 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 they may not have to be good to win the division. Um. Arizona like, free fall. Um, I don't know what the heck's going on there. They're they're better than this. Um, they're not playing like it, but they're better than this. Um, I, I'm not sold on the Rockies. The Dodgers are weird. Um, so I I guess of the of the those four teams, I like the Diamondbacks, the Giants best, but I, I don't really love any of those teams. Yeah. Um, the Cubs are better than this too. They they'll get going. Um, so I, I think my hot take World Series pick is. Nice. Uh, well, I said this at the start of the season. Also, I'll just, I'll just keep going with it now. Give me the Yankees and the Cubs.
0: Okay. I like that. I like that. And who's the winner?
2: Um, I mean, I guess the Yankees, but who yeah. knows? It, it, it really depends on the trades. Cause the thing about the trade market right now is there's no clear cut. Like, okay, everybody's going to want this starting pitcher trade. Mm-hmm. Um, like I guess you can say Cole Hamels is the guy right now, but like, how much do you really want Cole Hamels? Like he's right. got a decent ERA, but his peripherals are ugly. Yeah, there's, there's um, no Verlander this year. No, um, like like a couple of those guys, like Danny Duffy and Michael Fulmer, um, are both having weird seasons. Like I wouldn't touch Duffy right now. Fulmer's been up and down. Um, the 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 interesting name is if the Giants fall out of it, then you get to start thinking about Bumgarner. Uh-huh. Um, But I I, I don't know if that happens or not because, because, again, the division is so weak, and I don't know if the Giants are going to be in the division in the business of trading one of the faces of their team. Um, But I think they would get a lot of calls um, if they haven't gotten calls already. Um, I mean, Pittsburgh doesn't really have anybody that you're going to trade for. Um, Maybe the Mets get calls about DeGrom, but I I don't know if they're going to move him. Um, So there's no clear cut, like everybody's going to want this pitcher. Um, that, that'll probably develop more over the coming month, but, um, yeah, so that, that's, that's, those are my, that's my readings of the standings.
0: Your hot takes. Great. Thank you so much.
1: Great having you on Thank you so much. This was awesome.
2: Thanks for having me on guys.
1: Have a good one.
0: Wow. That was a good one.
1: That was great. It was, um, it's really nice to hear someone talk about baseball with that much passion, you know? Yeah. Like, and
0: listeners, remember, watch out for Vladito, Vlad Jr.
1: Yo, making
0: his way to the big weeks sooner rather than later. What?
1: It's so cool that, like, Vlad's son has so much hype.
0: Yeah, Vlad's son, Vlad.
1: You know what it reminds me of? This is a hot take, okay?
0: Ooh, bring it.
1: This is a joke, okay? But okay, got it. Ken Griffey Sr. and Jr.
0: Ooh, why?
1: Because they're both father-son baseball with the same name.
0: Ooh, that is a hot take. I like that. Thank you. Good stuff. So again, thank you so much, Nick Stowini. It was great having you on. Of course, always welcome back, and uh, we really enjoyed. But it, Alan, yeah, we focus ex- very almost ex- excru- yeah, exclusively on basketball, and we haven't really talked much about hockey. It's the Stanley Cup, man. I know. And um full disclosure, we don't know as much about hockey as we do about basketball.
1: Speak for yourself.
0: Okay, tell us some hockey I, facts.
1: Um, wait, uh, I, I don't know that much either. I okay. was just saying nice. you speak nice. for yourself. You yeah.
0: Understood. Um, mm. But it is the Stanley Cup. The Caps right now, my hometown team, who I don't like, go Rangers, <laughs> uh, have a 3-1 lead against the Vegas Golden Knights. And uh, yeah, I think if the Caps can win game five, obviously they'll win it. But if not, I think the Golden Knights will win it because I think the momentum will shift in a way where this the, then game six will be such a high-pressure game. And then, and I and then if if the Caps don't win that, then I think the Knights will win Game Seven.
1: Yeah, and, and hockey's cool because I think it's such a team sport that, like in hockey, there has been comebacks from three zero leads. So in and, and this is was it three zero and now it's three one? No, 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 it, it was, it was, it was
0: 1-0 Vegas and then Caps won three straight. So okay, cool. You can do the same.
1: Right, 100%. And we've, especially as a Cleveland guy, we know three ones are not safe in yeah. both directions.
0: So, so, cold take. Yeah. Vegas is going to win this one. You get it? Because it's a hot take, but it's hockey.
1: Dude, can we call it an ice cold take?
0: Could we call it like a, like a hock take? Like hockey take?
1: Daniel, that just wrecked me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so the hock take is... <laughs> is the Golden Knights will win, assuming uh, – obviously, if the Caps win game five, they will win the Stanley Cup because then they will have already won the Stanley Cup. But I think if the Knights can get this one, they'll win the next two. So that's my Hawk
1: take. Love that. Daniel, can I ask you a question? Yes. Going back to NBA, what are your thoughts on so – we, So we went a minute and a half on hockey.
0: Nice. It's a new record Daniel, for us.
1: The heart wants what it wants, you yeah, know?
0: yeah. Skates, pucks, sticks, goals. Goals. Yeah.
1: Daniel, what are your thoughts on the official NBA referee Twitter account?
0: I like it, but they didn't like say much about like the calls. They were just like, "Well, here's how the referees set themselves up." There's three refs, like a uh, they each have like different quadrants they watch, which was cool. But I don't know. Like they also like, oh, um, what did they say? That was that was pretty obvious. I forgot what it was, but they said like, something pretty obvious. It's a, like, in the game. it's a
1: 50-50 call, like something like that. Yeah, said.
0: I I forgot what it was. It was like, oh, oh, they said LeBron's off the backboard pass himself was legal. By the way, we didn't talk about that yet.
1: That was unbelievable. I was
0: like I was like convinced the Cavs were going to win that game. I didn't know KD would go ballistic, but when LeBron threw the off the backboard alley-oop to himself, I'm like, it's over. Just... Let's steal was... a game. Let's steal a game. But that's not how it went down. So, but that, that was incredible.
1: Yeah. That was, it was so cool. Also, I I don't think anyone did, but I did not see it coming.
0: Oh, what no, profound, no. I thought he was just going
1: to shoot it. What a profound statement. He, he did
0: it in 20, in last year, he also had an off the backboard alley to himself.
1: Yeah. It, it wasn't the first time we saw that. Daniel. Yeah. I kicked off the show talking about the weather, you know? Mm-hmm every 4 years in the summer there's something really cool that goes on.
0: Oh yeah, that's true. What is that? Mm, summer Olympics? Just,
1: I was going to say that. <sighs> Daniel, this su- that's true, but this summer it's something different. The World Cup. And the one month thoughts? every 4 years uh,
0: I become a soccer fan.
1: It's here. Except for this year. You're skipping. No, I'm not. Right? Skip. Why would I skip this year? Cuz no USA. I
0: don't care. Hot take. I still like soccer during the World Cup. I'm, I I got the Sports Illustrated soccer preview. I'm pumped. I'm like, who's Mo Salah? That's awesome. Uh,
1: Are you joking?
0: I know who he is now. I mean, I knew who he is like like for like a month or month or two ago.
1: Okay, cool. So I like, barely know who he is. Yeah,
0: ago. like Cristiano Ronaldo. That guy's cool. You know.
1: No, I actually know Leo what Messi. I I I know a really okay amount about soccer. Daniel, <laughs> ask me a trivia soccer question.
0: Okay, um, who plays the best player in the uh, famous soccer movie? Um,
1: no. What's it called? No, I real, remember. real life, real world.
0: No, no, but it's a, it's, it's a real life soccer legend. Which real life soccer legend plays uh,
1: Maradona.
0: No. I need, to, I, I need to remember the name of the movie. Pele. Yes, that's, that's correct. But what's the movie called? Pele. I don't know. Yo, you know there's Oh, a- it's called Victory. It's called Victory. Mm-hmm. There it is. Yeah, it's Pele. And which fake star athlete who's an actor is also in that movie. But he also plays a star athlete in a different movie franchise.
1: Kevin Paula.
0: Who?
1: I don't know, I'm on Google.
0: <laughs> no, no. It's uh Okay. Diego Boneta. Here's a hint.
1: Yo Adrian. Cut it Yeah, who is it? Uh is that Vincent de Norfield?
0: no, it's dude, it's it's Rocky.
1: He's in it, Sylvester? Yeah. Where?
0: He's uh the goalie, I think, in that movie.
1: I'm looking through IMDB right now and I can't. What movie? Find... Pele Birth of a Legend.
0: No, that's not the movie, no, it's called Victory. Pele plays like the star player. Oh really? Yeah. It's a good movie. Shout yep. out to Victory.
1: Ask me a real soccer question, just so I can show off my knowledge. Okay.
0: In the last World Cup,
1: who won the Golden Boot? Daniel, something modern and present. Last Here. World Cup, four years ago. I don't remember. Um, I'll, okay. I think it was Germany that won. Or... They won
0: the World Cup, I think.
1: Yeah. yeah. One second.
0: But, but the Golden Boot goes to the guy who scores the most goals.
1: Oh, really? Um. I'm going with my guess would be James Rodriguez. Yeah. Really? You definitely looked that up. No, I did not. I'll put money on it. Colombia. And what? Co- yeah, yeah. I think you're right. No, I know my stuff. Can I show off a little more? Should I ask you another question? Here, why don't I ask questions? Why? I'll, I'll I'll talk confidently about soccer and analyze things, and I'll show off my knowledge in the process. Boom. Is that cool? Yeah. Go. Um first of all, there are one really cool thing about soccer is there's so many stacked teams like right. a, a France a they ba- use their feet huh they use they their, use their feet. feet right yes okay cool. Belgium. Let me get back more to my re- wheelhouse um I know USA soccer pretty well, but basically yeah. i'm I'm very excited because first of all did you see Nigeria's jerseys? No, I haven't seen it. You mean their kits? Yes. Look up their shirt right now. Not their jersey, their shirt.
0: Ooh. I don't know. I've got kind of, my, my phone kinda of has a low battery.
1: Daniel, it's worth it. If this it's is your last it? if this is your last percent.
0: My last percent. I think I think it'll be okay.
1: It's like the coolest jersey. Yeah, okay, but
0: but what I'm excited to see personally is Iceland. Daniel Skull.
1: Daniel. Skull. Did you read that Sports Illustrated article?
0: No, I haven't read it yet. I know what you're talking about, though.
1: So, um for full disco- disclosure, I already texted Daniel if you saw it today. Um, but I read a lot of it, and it's so cool how such a small country has developed. Whoa. What? These Nigeria jerseys are sick. Yeah, I told you. They're kind of weird looking, but they're sick. No, no, no. They're dope. I, yo, Daniel, you know Alex Iwobi's on their team? Arsenal? Oops. Arsenal guy. What? Arsenal guy, Alex a- a- Iwobi. I did not know that, but now I do. Now you know. So can... I, I'm just excited to immerse myself
0: in it for like a month and then re immerse myself four, four years from now and see how my life has changed.
1: Can we talk USA soccer for a minute? Sure. Um, Wait, first of all, okay, I'm going to actually give some good substance now. Is that cool? Yeah. Yes. Um, so in the article in Sports Illustrated, great article, um, they talked about how soccer is such a big part of the culture there that from how much money and resources they've invested to creating a soccer facility, soccer facilities throughout the country. And also how in every soccer level in Iceland, they have in like a approved head coach, meaning it's not parents of kids. These are um, certified coaches that like teach the soccer players good principles from day yeah, yeah. one.
0: It's like it's like what the NBA it's like what America should be should be doing with AAU.
1: Ooh, interesting.
0: We can get to that at a different time.
1: Yeah. But I think like then we, we mentioned US. I think they need to set up something like that. Cause at the end of the day, World Cup soccer is unbelievable and we need to do what we can to become an elite guy.
0: A it's league. ridiculous it, that as a world power and a sports power that we are, that we can't make it to
1: the, the 32 team world cup. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, uh, one really, th- one thing that intrigues me, there are two things that I think USA really needs to do to step it up. I think, mm-hmm. um, the one main thing is, is the top U S talent needs to go to the premier league, English premier league and, and play there. I think, You need to play international top European soccer. I know guys like Clint Dempsey have been there before. Um, I think Fabian Johnson played there. Um, Tim Howard had his run at Everton. And if I'm wrong, which I probably am, correct me, everyone, okay? Um, No, you're good. You're good. Yeah? Um, I don't know. But I, I think you need to play where the top talent is. And also, I think... And, and this is—I don't know how to do it, but you got to make soccer the cool thing to do. I,
0: I think, I think it's kind of too late for the U.S. to do that. There's too many other established sports that already capture so much attention, especially you know like basketball now. Like, like what kid right now, like who's like like a top athlete, probably in basketball and soccer, is going to choose soccer? Me. Right, but there's a reason. Don't take this the wrong way. There's a reason you're podcasting about the World Cup and not playing. There's a reason I'm also doing that. There's a reason I'm podcasting and not playing anything else. We're not the guys who are going to be winning the World Cup. Daniel. I know. Was that too harsh?
1: Um, it, Honestly, no, but I'm going to act like it was. Okay, good. Sounds good. No, no, no. Like, that was funny. I, I appreciate it. that. No. But I'm going to act like that it was, okay? Okay. Daniel. Sorry, man. I didn't mean it. Daniel, like, dude, that was just too funny to even act. Like, that was hilarious. <laughs> it's so true, though. Like, I'm sitting here with, like, yeah, I was good in high school, but there's a reason I'm not no playing doubt. No doubt. soccer. No but I, I think just on my end, like, why is there so much more of it in, in America, when you're a soccer fan, you're the minority, you know? Right. and And it's like – it, it just think about at all of our high schools, like you can have a good soccer team and a good basketball team and the attendance at the basketball games are just going to be so much bigger. You know, you're going you to have in my experience, you can have a
0: good soccer team and a bad basketball team and the basketball team will still get much more attendance.
1: Love that. And and, and Daniel, I think it's um I think one of the best in, in today's social media world. Yes, Daniel and I are really into sociological trends. In in yeah, this
0: definitely, yeah. In this
1: social media world, it's important to, um. I think you really need to build up the stars, meaning Wonderboy, Boy, Christian Pulisic. I never pronounce his last name right. P- Pulisic. Pul- no, Pulisic. Pulisic. Pulisic or Pulisic. Christian yeah Christian Christian P. um, yeah. um <laughs> he's awesome and he seems like such a marketable guy and and it would be so cool if we could the whole country could rally around him and he could be role models for kids he, Daniel do you know how old he is 18 19 he I don't remember if he was mm, younger 19, than us he's 19 years old oh my okay. god I'm, I'm older than him.
0: Hey, but does he have a podcast?
1: No. Does Boom. D- Does he have 25 star ratings? Does he use Anchor? Shout out. I don't think he does Anchor.
0: Shout out to Anchor.
1: Not to our knowledge. He uses Anchor. Yeah,
0: so sh- shout out to Anchor. Now, while Christian P does not use Anchor, we do use Anchor and we enjoy it immensely.
1: I have a hot take. Grant. Christian Pulisic. Wait, let's look how, how to pronounce it. Christian Pulisic. I can't read that. It's in Croatian and I can't read Croatian. Is it Croatian? No, 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 no. On Wikipedia. Christian oh. Pulisic. But
0: let's stick with that. Let's stick with that. Let's stick with something and go with it.
1: Love that. For now. Um so Christian Pulisic. He um I don't even know what I was looking up. Oh hot take. He doesn't have a podcast.
0: Yeah, I'm
1: willing to put money that he doesn't have a podcast. He
0: is Like good five bucks. He is but good like, at soccer, though. Very good. And you know what you do in soccer? What? Use your feet. Well, what's
1: up with you and using your feet? It's fun. I'm just
0: saying, it's it's a, it's a very important part of soccer. People don't talk about it enough. Hot they take. You know that. Hot, hot take.
1: Is, it's an important part of every sport.
0: Yeah, ooh, I like that.
1: Sweet. Sweet wrap it up or have a little i
0: think we should have... alan do you have a hot take for us
1: uh christian Pulisic does not have a that that's your official hot take um no I'll, I'll go with an official one um hot take usa missing this world cup is going to be one of the best things that has happened to u.s soccer
0: ooh elaborate
1: i think at the end of the day sometimes you got to go down to go up we we you, like that. You, trust you, the process. Trust the process. The pain sometimes can um, help you reach new heights. There's change and going uh, on. Shout out to our boy. I think his name's Ernie Stewart. I googled that. Don't worry. Um, new GM of men's national team.
0: Ooh, you know, change change the guard. Yep. Um, I actually, I actually have a comment. On what you said before. I think one of the main reasons why U.S. soccer can't take off is because we're so removed geographically from the action.
1: Daniel, can I counter that? Yes, please do. CONCACAF. CONACAF, right? There's some yeah. really solid football teams in CONACAF. If I'm if I'm correct, Argentina, Chile,
0: No, um... but I'm saying Argentina and Chile, like that's like, but look where the top players play. Look at the top like you know, the top teams in the Champions League and the in the Premier League as they say. In uh, La Liga. So like those teams are all in Europe and that's very far geographically to watch the games. You have to wake up at weird hours and they don't, they don't, they, 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 those at the top athletes, Messi, Ronaldo, they dominate the international scene, but they don't really dominate the U S scene. So like kids these days look up to LeBron, Steph Curry, Mike Trout, guys like that. They don't really look up to these soccer stars.
1: Yeah. Um, so actually I'm, I'm gonna put a little promo out there for soccer so there are definitely times where there are weird times for soccer games but one really cool thing is the night games let's say a most champions league games are at 245 in the afternoon um so like for college-aged kids that's a pretty cool time to like watch a soccer game you know
0: what well, when would that be
1: what do you mean Tuesdays.
0: At what time
1: Eastern time? E- 2.45 Eastern time, I'm saying. 2.45 a.m. Eastern time? Or no,
0: oh, 2.45 yeah. p.m.?
1: Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so I, I don't recommend this, but there definitely have been times where I've watched a little bit of soccer in class. And Ooh. It, it's it's a really cool vibe when you look around the lecture hall and there are computers on Champions League soccer. Not saying that that yeah. happens. It's kind of like a, a March Madness type vibe. Yeah, 100%. And also no, like Daniel...
0: Not, not that I watch college basketball during class at
1: all. No. If I told you that there was a two o'clock football game in a different, okay, let me make it much simpler. There are times, a lot of the games are like Sunday morning, which is a great time, like a 10.30, 11.30 game in the English Premier League. Yeah. So so I, I actually, there are very convenient times for soccer. And I just think it's a matter of people getting more into it. I hear that, and and by the but, way, why should people get into it? Because there's a beauty of eleven guys moving into harmony on the same field. There's a beautiful quote that, Arsene Wenger, soccer quote. There's a beautiful quote that, like, huh, that, like, when you play, <laughs> when you play a beautiful brand of soccer. It's like a painting, deep and profound. Ooh. Alan Sockloff. Wait, did you make that up? Uh, sarcasm? No,
0: no, I'm, I'm being serious. Did you make you said Alan Sockloff.
1: No, yeah. there there's a real quote that actually sounds good about it, but
0: oh, that, but you but you said that part. That
1: was my paraphrase.
0: Nice, that was good.
1: Really? Yeah. And, and right before we leave, could we? Mentioned another really good quote. Shout out to our boy sure. Sovi. We're great. Yeah, we're, we're great. We're good players become great professionals.
0: Yeah, exactly. Sovi, shout out to Sovi. And with that, we're out.
1: We are out. Have it going, go, guys. Go Browns! Bye. <laughs>